This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. Now, a special presentation. Reaction and analysis of the debate. From the Blaze Radio Network. All right, uh, it's Doc Thompson along with Skip Lacombe and Jay Severin for our post-show coverage of the first debate. And, Jay, I'm really... Really sorry that I had all that turkey and uh, cough syrup before this debate started. I, it was a colossal mistake on my part. That's uh, really bad. Cause great, it's, great line. Great line a la Bill Murray in, in Stripes when the old lady's in the back seat annoying him. And he goes, he starts swerving his cab and says, well, I'm really sorry. I had all that cough syrup. Yeah, and you had a uh, really good tweet. Uh, it's uh, at J underscore Severin. I would care a lot more if one of these folks was actually going to be president of the United States. Or any chance. <laughs> well, I, let me say two things, and, 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 I, and I hope the show goes quickly, because these are the only two things I think I have to say, <laughs> other than we have to talk about martinis and girls and surfing and <laughs> Hendrix and stuff. Uh, and that is... In fairness, you know, you, you got, you know, you got to go with the, you got to go with somebody. And tonight, Jindal and Christie performed, I mean, they, they were the two, I think, that emerged as the standouts uh, for a variety of reasons. I think it's fairly obvious that whatever we like, I think that Christie and Jindal in that order uh, did the best of, you know, they were in the top 50%. Which ain't saying much because mm-hmm. there were four people. But um, did they do enough and did enough people watch that they can get above 2% in the polling? Because let's not forget, all of these were swell answers. They're swell guys, really swell guys with swell answers. But there's a reason they're polling below 2.5%. No one likes them. No one wants to vote for them. So you can hear the same speeches at the Chamber of Commerce breakfast all across America tomorrow morning. And the second thing is, I think this is the existential political bottom line. I ask everyone, in fairness, whom from the next debate we're going to hear in 45 minutes, whom from the next debate would you take off the stage and replace with someone from this debate we just heard? Uh, no one. No, no one, yeah. I, I just want to get rid of two on the first uh, on yeah. the main stage. That's all it is. If anything, I'm more them. concerned about kicking people off the, off the main right. one. Right. Well, what does that say? The main if, what does that say about what we just saw? If, you know, people not above 2.5% of voters has a ready answer to whom from this debate would we take and replace them with someone from the next debate. I'll just ask you, Mike, who named the two two people of the upcoming debate that you would just say, okay, I'm, I, I can't handle those two. I got to get rid of them. What two would you take off? Because for me, it'd be John Kasich and, Jay, and Jeb Bush. They're done. Uh, I, Kasich, I agree with. Um, I've got to scan my memory real quick for everyone else up there on the stage. Mm-hmm. And I, I just have to reserve my answer for a second. My blood sugar is low. I need a Snickers. No but uh, certainly Kasich and not Bush. And the reason why is is really interesting question, if, you'll, if you will allow sure. me. Uh, Show prop? Just in, t- in t- 10 seconds or less. Uh, well, it's me, maybe 20 seconds or less. Uh, it, and that is the reason, and people may wonder this, why, why does Bush keep – polling in five percent but they keep talking about him in the top four or five and the answer is 
he has more money than God. Mm-hmm, he can mm-hmm. stay in when all of these other guys who are poor, I mean, they're like you and me. You know, how long can you be out on the road full time with a private jet going from city to city making speeches? The answer is as long as some really rich person believes you can be president and pay them back. See, uh, you I, know, think in a number I think of, he's hanging in ways. there because he's willing to kill baby Hitler. I think that's the reason he's willing to. <laughs> There's that. That's part of it. Well, Bush can stay. See, the, Bush can lose the first five primaries and still have money. No one else on that stage can lose the first three primaries and still have money. Here's what I want to know. So, Would Hitler go back in time and kill baby Bush? That's my real curious. I'm really JB, baby jab. I'm just curious. You got to step up. You got to step up. Be a man. spare him because he'd say he's harmless. Even Hitler would say he's harmless. <laughs> hey, I noticed a theme, especially with Chris Christie tonight. Uh, Skip Lacombe, a theme is something that he uh, was really hammering going back to. What was it? Uh, Hillary uh, Clinton. Uh, I don't know if you know, but uh, Hillary Clinton mentioned a whole lot in the first debate. Yeah, the Hillary mentions, uh, uh, Jay, I've got hashtag Hillary mentions across the board for all of them. And let me, i got to carry the one here, 1,442,317. Wow. That's what I got. Well, so, uh, what you're seeing there is the manifestation of the hitherto surprisingly submerged who is a conservative because historically that has always been the number one question front and center. This has always been a debate of who's more, who's the real conservative, you know, and welcome to who's the real conservative. You know, that was the, that was the theme. That was the schematic of every Republican debate in, in modern, at least history that has been submerged to other things, but it's bound to show up somewhere. And even if it shows up in in an indirect form, and the indirect form is bashing Hillary, because that appeals most to whom? You know, to hardcore rock rib conservatives. Certainly appeals to me. It does me too, but I it I it also seems so obvious and pandering. So as much good as it does to me, then it just turns me off as well. I know. Yeah, I know but that's like if, if we had a TV show where you got to hit Hillary hard with a stick well, and, that's a and, game. and they that's said okay when thing. should we stop <laughs> apparently you would say after half an hour stop no no I'd no, be not, there at no moment 58 no, no, saying can no, we go no, an hour and a half can no, we go no, no. an hour and a half listen i want him clubbing hillary don't get me wrong however i know why he Oh, okay, metaphorically. Okay, yeah, I'll go with that. Say, no, literally. How, I, I have the stick. <laughs> Tell me where legal. to show up. However, I know he's doing it just to get elected. I'm not sure he's really uh, that down on Hillary. He seems pretty uh, pretty set with some of her policies. So he seems manufactured, pre-planned, right. and just kind of pandering. Did you just juxtapose the words down on Hillary? I have to go be sick <laughs> now. I'll, okay. I'll see you at 9 o'clock. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, yeah, I uh, if I had to pick uh, the, who did the best, Bobby Jindal, and again, I come back to why isn't he doing better? Why isn't I wouldn't he, put him in the top four with uh, some of the other front runners in the upcoming debate, but I would at least put him six, seven, eight. Yeah, I, I view him as one of those if only kind of candidates. It seems like he does say a lot of things really right. Um, I don't know a ton about his past. I'm sure I could probably find something that is at least a little bit troubling, but. Overall, I, I would like to hear more from him. I think that if he could actually uh, uh, find the right ve- vein or get the right press at the right time, he could possibly actually make something. You know what I think it is? I think it might be he's like the, the girl next door that oh. you go, oh, 
okay, yeah. And then you you, you go for the hot chick. There's and always then, that, like, for the prom queen. Yes. Just a little and then more. years later, you're like, why didn't I go I had a chance with Bobby, and I completely. okay. Look at that. I think that's At, like, the 10-year high school agree. reunion, you come out finally, and you're like, wow, Bobby, you're looking you look great. Really good. <laughs> No wow, kids? Senator. You know <laughs> what's what's that? I, I would reiterate that that who who's conservative <laughs> is going to. It's like a bubble under the ice, and it's a really big <clears throat> bubble for the Republican Party, and it's going to emerge somehow, some way. That bubble is going to look for a way out of that, you know, out of from under the ice, and it's showing up in weird and unprecedented ways. And I think the. Hillary uh, criticism is one of those ways. I think what we've talked about already, you know, is another one of those ways. But somewhere, somehow, um, I really think that this gets comes out in the wash because, again, if you're looking at the right polls, those polls speak to the people who are actually going to vote in Republican primaries. And if you're speaking, if your sample is chronic, Republican, reliable uh, primary voters... They have it deep down in their DNA, guys, in their bones. They're going to be able to detect who's a rhino and who's a conservative. And the fact of the matter, it's me, me, my opinion, but I also think the substantiated fact of the matter is Christie is a rhino. And people know it. They feel it. Now, that is not explained by the fact that there are other people who are guilty of, in my view, guilty of that label in the debate half an hour from now. But... That's one of the reasons why I say, gee, why isn't Christie on that stage? I think that's one reason. Yeah, I, uh, I, it's funny. He has been doing better, and yet he still ends up dropping in the polls. I thought after the last debate maybe he would move up a little bit. Not that I thought he did that well but or, or even like his ideas, but I heard so much positive feedback. I was like, okay, it must be the minority in this thing. But He's yeah, kind of he like a McCain conservative. Do you remember when John McCain ran for – I've never seen – you know, real pornography, uh, politically at least, as I saw in the last election, or maybe two election cycles ago. McCain was up for re-election, and after spending all his time joining with Obama for amnesty, he shot this spot in Arizona with the local sheriff where he put on a U.S., you know, USA immigration ice, whatever it is, put on an ice baseball cap and walked along you know, the, uh-huh. the 200-foot section of fence that we actually have with the sheriff, <laughs> with his arm around the sheriff, nodding as the sheriff said, you know, we got to build this yeah. fence. And McCain yes, saying, we yeah, we got to yeah, do okay. that. You know, and then for about 10 days, McCain was a conservative so he could get reelected. Republican voters sniff that stuff out. Uh, I have a question for you, and Jay, I'm, I'm going to present this to you because um, you are a learned man. You are sharp. You've... Uh, You've experienced a lot of debates and a lot of elections. What about me? That's what I'm talking about, Jay. Jay. Here we go. My question, Jay, is if uh, every politician, both Democrat and uh, Republican, loves veterans and they think we ought to fix the VA and we ought to take care of those guys and what's going on at the Veterans Administration and the scandals is awful, if all of them believe that, then why does the VA still suck? Right after you... You liberal sop. Uh, you take Hillary down off the chain when I'm hitting her with the stick. The next people that go up on the chain are the people from the VA. Because the, every veteran, everybody who served this country in uniform ought to have 
there ought to be Johns Hopkins, the Mayo Clinic, the every top hospital and doctor in the United States. You know, I, I'd be willing to be a dictator to do this, to force them by law to treat for free on a priority basis the veterans of this country. That's what they deserve. The best medical care there is for free. That's not welfare. That's not an entitlement. That no. is quid pro quo. It has been earned in ways we can't even imagine. Yep. And I'm, I'm really frustrated. I'm glad it at least came up tonight. But my frustration is they're all in the tank. Let's fix the VA. And they've got ideas. No, you're right. And it never absolutely gets right. done. Mouth, mouth service, lip service. Yeah. And the Democrats do it, too. And it's administration after administration. It doesn't matter Republican or Democrat year after year after year since it was in, uh, it first came into being in the 19 was a 1930. Something and it is still failed. Well, and this is something, too, that's it, truly it a, bipartisan, too, that everybody should be able to go ahead and get behind. I don't think there's anybody out there who, who would disagree with the fact that, yes, we should take care of our veterans. It's a dynamic not unlike, uh, d- different, admittedly, but not in, utterly unlike the way that the Democrat Party takes for granted people of color in, in America. They just know they're going to get those votes. And so no matter what promises they make and break, they give lip service to it during the campaign, and then they break it because they know they they know they've got the vote, the minority vote. Well, Republicans know they're going to get the veterans' vote. The reason that in the famous Gore v. United States case or Gore v. Bush in Florida, the first person to file suit was Gore, and the reason he filed suit was to stop the opening and counting of veterans' votes. I guess uh, I wonder why. We're using that hashtag uh, GOP debate, and if you get a chance, check out the uh, the Blaze blog and have your comments posted, theblaze.com slash 2016. Doc and Skip with Jay Severin on the Blaze Radio Network. This is a special post-debate presentation, reaction and analysis of the GOP debate on the Blaze Radio Network. Reaction and analysis of the GOP debate. From the Blaze Radio Network. Doc Thompson along with Skip Lacombe and Jay Severin for your uh, post-debate uh, commentary. <laughs> and... Is there a better word for what we're doing? Just, I don't know. I, Career suicide? Me, I guess that's it. They may just made me tired. But we will be with you following the, the real debate where hopefully there will be some fireworks and some, some good meat and stuff we can uh, well, talk about. Well, that's where the, the drugs will have kicked in, folks. By, by then, and so, you're good to go. You know. But, Jay, i yeah. got to tell you, unlike the other um, kids' table debates in the past, I finally really appreciated everything Lindsey Graham had to say tonight. <laughs> I th- he has never sounded <laughs> better. He was fantastic thing. tonight. I, the I big agree. winner was... Definitely, Senator Muffin Cumberpatch. I agree. He peaked tonight. There's no he question was about sensational. it. Sensational. You know, with a performance like this, his home state voters, of whom he's a multi-term United States senator, may be prepared to boost his poll numbers to one. <laughs> well, plus I so think you mean to one person, not one percent, exactly. right? <laughs> okay. <laughs> but plus, I think his tweets during the debate were great tonight. Actually, too. Yeah, they were fantastic. Yeah, he didn't tweet I at actually, all. Oh, very good. Yeah, you couldn't live without him. I'll ask you guys this: uh-huh. How do you think one of the things that Fox did 
And again, this is far less, it's not unimportant, but it's far less important than what the candidates did. But just for a moment, the the big deal that Fox made of themselves, that's their right to try and do that, you know, they're a business, but they marketed this as they were the anti-CNBC, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. CNBC was frivolous, personal, ad hominem, unprofessional, but we're going to be laser-like in our focus on and in demanding specifics about the economy. And as the biggest media basher here, I think, let me say, I think the moderators acquitted themselves fairly well in their pledge to stick to, you know, I the substantive questions. Yeah. The fact that they I have no issue. issue with them. And yeah, that's, that's the biggest thing, too. That's and that's one of those thing. things, too, that if you do a really good job, you may not get recognized. But, yeah, I thought there was no issue with them. And in that bite of itself was, was a good job. All right, uh, at Ty Johnson News is spinning the dials radio style in New York City for us this evening. It's at Ty Johnson News. Ty, uh, big, uh, I'm just going to say the best part of the debate for you, but uh, what what was the least annoying or least disturbing or least boring part for you tonight? I actually liked Bobby Jindal throughout, but my favorite thing is when he ridiculed my least favorite candidate on both sides, and that even includes Hillary and Chris Christie. <laughs> I mean, wow. as a, no, no, as a New Jersey resident, the oh, fact okay, that, he's, that he's running is beyond arrogance. It's criminal. <laughs> the, the, he, everything, taxes, he's bad. Infrastructure, you know, like getting to the city, roads, he's bad at everything, and look at him. <laughs> and he's and still... <laughs> Wow. So, so Jindal slapping him around a little bit was by far my favorite, and I have a particular part that I love the most. All right, hit it. Hit it. Chris, look, I'll give you a ribbon for participation and a juice box, but in the real world, it's about <laughs> results. It's about actually cutting government spending, not just talking about cutting government spending. Oh, so there man. you go. Throwing down the juice box. A juice box. box. Christy would snort a juice box. It would be like job of the Hut with like Somebody a White Castle burger. It wouldn't even be would fit between his teeth. <laughs> See, I, I, like, always, I always pictured him more of a Capri Sun kind of guy. Well, I like Sunny D. I'm thinking he's a Sunny D, and by that I mean like like whole tanker trucks full yeah. of. No, what I I like the the uh, ribbon of par- participation ribbon as well because that is such the society we live in now too. Okay, buddy. I love how belittling that is though. It gives you a juice box and a participation ribbon. Do you think he had that one? Well, that had the I do. I do. That had the steam, you know. Plus, from you know, this is America. If you're from New Jersey, and mm-hmm. someone disses you from below the Mason-Dixon line, uh-huh. you know it's got to hack you off. I mean, the oh, New Jersey yeah. governor standing there, just the bearing and deportment and experience being, you know, governor of New Jersey, and you got a guy from Louisiana, Louisiana. you know, who's giving you lip. You know he wanted to strangle the little bastard. <laughs> yeah, it's not over. Trust me, this carried backstage. In fact, if we don't see Bobby Jindal in the next hour or so, I'd send somebody He's looking for him. He's swimming with the fishes. <laughs> he might be folded up under one of those risers, you know? Wherever Jimmy Hoffa is, you'll find Bobby Jindal. <laughs> All right, at Ty Johnson News, who's spinning the dials radio style for us in New York City this evening, I got to ask you, as somebody who has, at times... Performed as a professional comedian. Was Bobby Jindal's line a stock line? Did he have that oh, absolutely. Uh, ready to go? Absolutely. I, I don't think he had the participation ribbon. I think uh-huh. he's been annoyed 
by Christie's rotund appearance <laughs> for a while. And he said, if I ever get on it, if I ever get this guy's face, I'm, I'm burying him. Oh, yeah. Juice box. Because his, time, his timing was really good. It didn't sound like he was just waiting to get it out there. It kind of just flowed. I think that speaks to Bobby Jindal as a candidate, though, and as a, as a debater, as a, as a future person. Future comedian. And, future comedian. No, that's why I say it, too. It'd be nice if he could actually get a little more attention, because I do like a lot of what he says. I love a lot of what he says, but he's a guy who... who the charisma's just not there, and he—I bet you he planned that line a year and a half ago when people <laughs> thought Christie was going to run and all that. Stuff. I bet you he planned it that if long I ago. I ever get a chance to debate that fat bastard, like his wife probably loves say. it because he probably plans their wedding anniversary 364 days in advance. <laughs> Nothing spontaneous from Bobby Jenner. Wow, that's I want to really know you're a, you're a stand-up guy. Why? Why now? Why do you bore me every day when we work together? Now you're funny. <laughs> you know, it might be the uh, I kid. I company. kid. I love you know, saying. <laughs> All right, get those tweets in with the uh, hashtag GOP debate. And don't forget to check out the Blaze blog. It's at theblaze.com slash 2016, theblaze.com slash 2016. Jay Severin, regularly heard afternoons here on the Blaze Radio Network. Doc and Skip, regularly heard uh, each and every morning. We'll be with you tomorrow as well. And, Jay, if I could take a quick moment. Tomorrow morning, Skip and I are going to start our hashtag fix the VA campaign that we are going to roll out. It may take months. It may take years. But we're going to do everything we can. And part of the campaign will be a series of regular mini-documentary videos where we show the pain, the struggles, the suffering of people at the hands of the Veterans Administration, and they're going to blow people away. So if you would, tomorrow, please check on us. We'll tweet them out there tomorrow, the link for it, and then retweet it and post it everywhere you can so as many people see this video as possible. Get some uh, tweets now at uh, GOP Debate. Andrew Prescott tweeted, my biggest takeaway from the undercard debate, Jindal has some serious bad blood with Christie. Swift couldn't match, uh, Swift couldn't even match that. Hashtag GOP debate. Um, do you guys, did you guys like the Santorum line, the whole little yelling? It was, it, it, to me, it, it was it's almost like. No, that was, uh, yeah. Well, that was Huckabee, wasn't it? Who said that? That was the Huckabee. Well, no, Santorum also had a moment too of saying, uh, "It's it's time to fight. We need to fight." And he uh, raised his voice. It was. It struck me as a little Howard Dean. Ah, though it was. Yeah, very, very much so. I, I you know, I it just goes to show you, I, I, which is a really original line. I realize, but uh, Santorum is, I think, someone if you sat down in a room with him, you'd like. He, he's one of the few people in this mess that i i haven't met he seems like a nice guy but he seems like a nice guy and i like his ideas and he strikes me as authentically small c conservative and i guess big c too given his views on life and you know his his own family his disabled child and all of that but he just seems to me like a really honorable sincere guy who is sort of authentically conservative in his lifestyle in his person in his honor and he seems in many ways you know what you would think republicans would want and he just you know not getting it done i don't i, don't I, I, I think you're right i i, I agree with you 100 on all of it he's a nice guy i think uh yeah even at face value would think he was a lot of what republicans want but I think what people say they want and what they actually want may be a little different. I think what people really want, Jay, is a lot more libertarian ideas 
than the traditional conservative ones. I think they're generationally that is certain. Probably, true. yeah. I mean, yeah. that was that was RuPaul's. Oh, forgive me, Rand Paul's <laughs> original um, unique hey. selling proposition yeah. as the advertising genius. Uh, Jay Severin and David Ogilvy have right. said the unique selling proposition. RuPaul had, I'm sorry, Rand Paul had that, but what interceded was life because we were not at war. There was no ISIS. We were in a, it was only a year and a half ago, and everyone really dug the idea of, you know, here's a guy who's conservative, but he wants to, you know, let's not have wars. Let's bring home the troops. You know, we'll have strength, but let's not fight every war in the world. And for everybody under 40, that really resonated. Then all of a sudden, ISIS started killing people. And the notion of being, you know, what appeared to be flirting with isolationism all of a sudden went out of fashion like the Nehru jacket. And that was it. You know, you know, I think you're right. Uh, I also will say his support of Mitch McConnell and a couple of other things made him seem oh, not yeah. trustworthy to those of us that were like, yeah, that sounds oh, great. Yeah. Let's get some of those ideas. That's right. and hey, he guys, while, while you mention it, Doc. Is it is it or is it not true that to the degree it's ever been thus, if a broadcast personality, which is drawing it way too narrow for the Renaissance man I'm, who writes our, who signs our checks, but to the degree that a media figure has ever elected somebody, is it not true that Glenn Beck elected Matt Bevan? Um, I would say. I mean, partially. as helpful as helpful or as big a factor as it's possible to be well, as an I outside mean, factor. Um, I mean, he was certainly part of it. But I mean, if you really want to take a look at the core of what really got Matt Bevan, Doc and Skip, Doc and Skip, because we introduced into Glenn. Okay, yeah. I, I, map, and I, so. gi- I give I give that to you. But I really it's not mean, about us, though, Jay. It's I mean, not, it's not about, about us. Credit. It's not no, about no. us. You know, I just think that from from our end, from from and it's, no, you're it's right. you know it's it's honest support it's real we don't fool around we this on every subject you know we're 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 very toss uh group here we tell you the truth as we believe it and i just feel that that uh, Matt Bevan all through this process really enjoyed the honest support of of some of us here and i'm not you're trying to blow our horn but i really feel that 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 uh, governor bevan you know was helped a lot by certain kinds of support and uh. no, I think you're absolutely right. And um, he's going to do some really good things there. Let me ask you guys about uh, one of the other topics that were discussed tonight, and that is the idea of taxes in the future. The Fox Business Channel went uh, pretty deep in on what the taxes should be. Yeah, to their credit, plans. they actually talked about what they absolutely. said they were going to talk about. Let's talk about platforms As specifically with regard yes. to tech. Yeah, and that's wonderful. That's what we need specifics on this stuff. Um, and well, that's not what I, think, I need. I need Trish Reagan's uh, <laughs> photographs, but, I, but the taxes may be what you need. It's yeah. Right. Uh, no, I loved. Um, I love a message Bobby Jindal has said over and over again that everybody should have some skin in the game, and he is right. You, you everybody needs to pay something. I really firmly believe that because then. Yep. You're vested in this government. You have to have a skin in the game. Yes. I mean, I think that's a wonderful attitude. I don't like a graduated tax plan. I mean, maybe uh, in order to keep America where we are now and to buy the stuff we are now and blah, 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 we need a graduated tax plan and there needs to be upper ones. But I'm sorry. I am ready for something new. And I am ready for a flat or a fair tax, preferably a fair one with no deductions and exemptions. Let's set a reasonable level 
I would Amen. like to see it at 10%. If that's not doable, fine, but I'm not paying 22%. That's nuts. And then make the government live within the means and everybody pays something. Jay Severin, you're May th- I raise you on that, on the fundamental yes, principle? Do. Anything else would be not only un, but anti-constitutional. It would be absolutely contrary to the spirit and the letter of the law as seen by the founding fathers, i.e., that some people, womb to tomb, have no skin in the game. Absolutely antithetical to what the Founding Fathers believed fundamentally. Secondly, my raise comes in here. I believe that this country could morally and economically do everything we are required to do for Mm. people who cannot Mm. or do not work if we had a flat tax of 5%. You're probably right. You're absolutely right. Jay, to that, I would say people that are... That have a very low income. People are even at the poverty level. For them to pay their yeah, five percent like that. the rest of us, <laughs> or ten <laughs> percent, or whatever we decide, for them to have to pay it, I think, and this is going to be counterintuitive to a lot of people. I think it's empowering for them. I think it gives They're them part stature. Of the They're part of the system. Yes. That's right. No. You're not just taken from it. Skip you is right. Every right there. makes them care about the election. You know, it's like, it, it, okay, if I pay $100 a year in taxes, I'm going to listen to the candidate who says, next year you're going to pay 125 or you're going to pay 85 You'll care. That's right. Well, and for that person, too, even if you're just putting $100 in, when you see stories about, like, the F-35 and the hundreds of billions of dollars it's costing oh. and mismanagement, misappropriations with the VA, the, the many, many ways we document every single day on the Blaze Radio Network how the government is wasting your money, you're going to care $2,600 toilet more. seats, which exactly. we know only Trish Reagan, you know, should have. <laughs> wow. You know, I have a And Megyn Kelly, probably. Tonight. Yeah. What was that time? I have a headline for you guys. You know, you guys might not know this, but I'm black. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> because of that. Is that uh, pertinent to this conversation? Yes. Yes, it okay. is. Okay. Yes, it okay. is. I'm All saying right. that if you did your tax plan that you talked about and made sure that everybody, because, mm-hmm. I mean, if we're being honest, there are a right. number of African-American people, black people, whatever you want to call them. I don't like African-American. That's a conversation for another time. Um, going back, if if you made them participate in the tax system, I bet you they would vote very differently, very quickly. No, I think you're right, Ty. And here's the thing. I don't mean it just from a, hey, you're getting screwed like the rest of us. I actually kind of mean it as well as a a positive thing where you're not a sub-citizen. You're not one of those people that takes, that lives in the ghetto, the you're rest of us try to work. You're actually part of this. You're participating so with us. Well, you're paying would, in. I think it would make people You're not pay relegated attention. to yeah. be Dustin Hoffman in Rain Man. I think you know, they you're, pay you're, not a, you're not a ward of the state. And I also exactly. think then Republicans would then pay attention to them more if they actually thought right. they would vote exactly. for them. I think it would work both ways. I think it would only be a positive. And let's, let's not really forget, we've been told over and over again that paying your taxes, uh, paying more taxes is patriotic yes. by them. So wouldn't that be patriotic? It's a better people? American. Yeah, ergo paying some taxes is patriotic. All I know hey, is he, I am one damn patriotic person. That's true. I mean, I'm just, <laughs> by percentage, and I, salute I might be one of the most patriotic people out there. <laughs> it's really a shame when uh, a major candidate can lose a disqualifying error in a presidential campaign is admitting uh, there are a lot of issues here. It was private, et cetera, et cetera. Forget all that. You should have said it over a, on a billboard. You know, I don't care. The fact that, 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 a, that a major presidential candidate said, 
uh, to fundraisers or fund givers, you know, uh, contributors, he said, look, here's how I'm not going to use your money. Forty seven percent of the people have no skin in the game. They don't pay taxes. Mm -hmm. They're not going to pay taxes. They don't pay taxes. They want bigger government. They want more programs. They're not going to vote for us. I'm not going to spend your money chasing that vote. They will never, under those circumstances, vote for us. That was Mitt Romney, and when that came out, it was instantly regarded as, Ty, racist, right? Absolutely, and he... it, you probably need a better deliverer of that message, but there was no issue with the message. No, it would, would help if it the wasn't Thurston Howell the third saying yeah. it. Right, yeah. right, exactly right. Good point. Yeah, that's a, that's a that's a very solid point in this thing. It's it's an entirely different life we're talking about, where people say I'm when they get up in the morning they do very different things than I. And I'm not talking based on race. I'm talking poverty versus people that are middle class like me or upper whatever. That they get up and the things they think about and the way they proceed are very different. They're not out there saying, okay, I got to go to work. I got to get this done. I got to take care of that. It's more like, hey, Kim Kardashian's ass went viral again. And uh, what's on the view? And I got to go to baby daddy mama and all this other crap out there that isn't real life for me. But we have created that. By saying also, their alarm clock there. is the noon whistle at the firehouse. <laughs> right, exactly. Right, exactly. All right, get those tweets in with the hashtag GOP debate. That's GOP debate. Don't forget to take part in the uh, Blaze blog because a bunch of your thoughts will be posted there as well as a bunch of ours at theblaze.com slash 2016. That's theblaze.com slash 2016. Yeah, James tweeting earlier, the kids debate, that's a little insulting to children. It's the kids' table debate. The kids' table, And yeah. that, that's not as insulting to the children because at the kids' table is also Crazy Uncle. That's true. <laughs> Using the hashtag GOP debate, uh, Black Human is tweeting, the GOP debate has an amazing drinking game somewhere in it. Yeah, I just give it up on the drinking game. I just get drunk before the debates. Now. Yes. That's been much more it's effective best. for me. That's the yes. way to as do an it. Anesthe- as your anesthesiologist, I recommend uh, that. <laughs> Jay Sever, do we know... The next debate, will there be another kids' table debate? Is this how we're going? Or are we finally just going to I believe I believe there will, if I can use the cheap excuse to shoehorn in a criticism mm-hmm. of the Democrats from your sure. question. I learned today that well, I heard from someone in Washington that the pressure that the Clinton campaign is bringing on the Democrat National Committee to try and chop off, to kill and delay the Democrat debates as much as possible, she wants to quash them. She she's bringing big pressure to just want, try to kill them, it, so you know, as many as possible. Stage, is that it? But the, yeah, well, she doesn't. You know, what does she need to be on stage for? Okay, she wants right. to manage everything. The last thing Hillary Clinton wants to do is an unmanaged, spontaneous situation. This has only been true for let me see, seventy years. Uh, but <laughs> the but the, the 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 illustration of which point, guys, is that I learned today for the first time. Because they're keeping it pretty much secret. I learned today for the first time, the next three Democrat debates, in case anyone was wondering whether any would ever occur again, the next one is on a Saturday night. Wow. The next one after that is on a Saturday night. Wow. And the next one after that is on yeah. a Sunday night opposite an NFL playoff game. Well, there you go. Good times. Good times. They want audience, huh? But you know what, Jay? Here's the thing. If Hillary Clinton, I mean, she doesn't, they don't have to worry about Martin O'Malley. I mean, he's, he, he has no chance. He's Who? Just, you know, also, exactly. The only one she has to worry about is Bernie Sanders. And all she has to do is just uh, wait. If she's trying to kill off his campaign. You're right. 
He's gonna worry about him. Why? What's he going to do? Let the he's going to slash her tires. What's going to do? No, that's an old joke. See, it's we're, we're he's theorizing really he's going to probably die, die before that. Is, is that was going there. I'm not sure. I sold it right there. Okay, listen. We're going to wrap up this uh, shindig. We'll be back following the the actual primetime debate. It's Doc Thompson and Skip Lacombe along with Jay Severn and Ty spinning the dials radio style in New York City this morning. Feel free to follow us. It's at Skip Lacombe at Doc Thompson Show at J underscore seven Severin and at Ty Johnson News. See you coming up after the next debate. You're listening to reactions and analysis of the GOP debate. The Blaze Radio Network.